right y'all this episode episode 36 you all make sure you have your notebooks and your pens because i am going to be giving you all four things in which you can help your child and help yourself as well getting rid of that colonized mindset all right so make sure you all stay tuned for this new episode of Real Reading Talk. It's about to be fire. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Real Reading Talk. I am your most gracious host, Ms. Sasha. And with Real Reading Talk, I discuss the real systemic issues that are at the very core, the very foundation as to why there are low levels of literacy in the black community and the ways in which we can combat these issues together. I thank you all for joining me. I thank you for my new folks. Once again, uh, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you sharing. And I hope that you continue to gain benefit. Um, and I hope that you uh, continue to uh, tell folks about what this podcast is all about. And of course, with my my old heads all right uh i definitely appreciate you rocking with me since day one all right my day ones okay uh shout out to you and uh just you know keep keep listening and i welcome all feedback all right because i'm trying to get better each and every episode i want to just keep bringing it um and also i'm coming close to the end of this season. All right. Uh, for this, for the first season, I believe I had like about 44, 45 episodes. And right now I'm on episode 36 of this second season, y'all. That's right. So I've been putting in that work and, uh, been having guests on. And for the third season, I definitely, uh, have intentions on having, uh, more guests. I plan on reaching out to other folks who are here local locally, as well as uh, people who are not local. I, I want some, some business people on, on Real Reading Talk. I want people in the Black community who are doing great things, and I want them to come on and talk about their different uh, reading experiences, reading journeys, talk about the books that have impacted their lives. That's something I definitely want to uh, heavily focus on. And, uh, you know, and I, I just want them to, again, keep it real, keep it 100 in terms of how they grew up reading or maybe did not, you know, uh, grew up in a household where they read, just like for myself. I talk about that um, a lot. And so uh, with that being said, that is my intention for episode for excuse me, for season three to, uh, you know, really, you know, just keep. Um, expanding my outreach and trying to get more people involved in on this mission of us really bringing uh, reading back into our lives to where it is high on our value ladder. And so with all of that being said, I want to get right into the topic that it's always topics, really real talk. Okay. I have, I, I literally y'all, it's like, I'll be having, I have my notebook, and I'll write down different things that I'm learning, you know, while I'm listening to, you know, other folks who are extremely knowledgeable. I'm talking about genius folks, okay? Like Dr. Greg Carr, he is like one of my go-tos when it comes to 
uh, studying and learning and, and, you know, getting some ideas about what books to get. That's, he's like the top person that comes to my mind. Okay. And uh, so, you know, I listen to people like him, like I talk about a lot, Dr. Amos Wilson, you know, and he is someone definitely, I hope that you all have looked up by now. Uh, all you got to do is go to YouTube and you can type in his name and you will see a lot of the different uh, lectures that he has given. Okay. And of course, Dr. Joy DeGruy, she's another one um, that I listened to, Dr. Kaba Hiawatha Khamenei, he's another brother. Um, you know, of course, I've talk, talked about Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Claude Anderson, uh, you got, uh, I even listened to uh, Tarek Nasheed sometimes, you know, and just, and I'm, and I like to listen to a range of people uh, who, and all of these people I named, trust and believe, they have black people in the for forefront of their minds because of the fact we understand this anti-black system that we are in. And if you are not, uh, if you do not believe it's an anti-black system, um, by now, when you, you know, you're seeing not in addition to the police brutality videos, right? You know, we we see that that those sick videos where the police are assaulting our people or we'll see a video where in the school system just like this one recent video I just saw you know which really I think they call it trauma porn if I'm not mistaken you know and that's really what it becomes after a while because a lot of times y'all real talk I can't watch a lot of those videos okay I can't keep just having that in my psyche okay and 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 what and 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 I'm glad I'm saying this because this is going to segue into uh, what I wanted to talk about and giving you all some tips on how to uh, prepare ourselves and our children um, and especially our babies um, when it comes to the start of their day okay but it was this one video just to tell you all real quick about this principle I'm quite sure a lot of y'all saw it where the principal has shoved this uh this boy you know i think it was in the cafeteria the boy was you know now the boy first of all you could tell the boy was shorter than him okay so he was a, a younger you know what i'm saying child i don't know what grade he was in or whatever but come to find out the boy is autistic okay and the principal literally shoved him and, that, and you could tell i mean you see from the video the boy went flying i, I believe he shoved him and he fell on the floor and once again how many videos, how many articles do we have to read to see and understand that we are in a system that is at war against black people? And then you, you can't think of war always in the mindset of, okay, well, somebody is coming to you with a gun or a knife or a sword or something like that, or a bomb. And no, when somebody's at war or attacking you, it can be on any level. Just like you take a, just like, for example, you think about in our communities right now where our communities are underserved, all right, where our communities are distressed economically, and you do not have healthy, uh, viable options in terms of food, okay? You do not have healthy options in terms of having a grocery store that is worthy of our people to be able to go and get great foods, foods that's going to give us good nutrients. Now you're going to have your, your typical little 
uh, save marts here or, you know, these little stores that we know a lot of the, the folks in the Arab community have set up shop from back in the 80s. And you know what I'm saying? In the 90s, you see all these, you know, the Arabs coming into our communities and putting up all these different stores that it's filled with alcohol, filled with cigarettes, filled with black and white, all of this type of stuff. And then, you know, all, just all types of craziness that, you know, is usually attracted to those types of stores, but you'll see those stores in the communities. But when you have a store that just like, for example, Whole Foods, and really, I'm not shouting out Whole Foods because, you know, that's a whole nother conversation, but I'm just giving an example. Those types of stores you will not find in our communities. That's done on purpose. That's a form, that's a form of warfare. That's letting us know, yeah, we are attacking you on all fronts. We don't want you to be healthy because when you are putting healthy things in your body, it's going to what? It's going to also help you in terms of being able to retain information, being able to think critically, being able to problem solve, being able to think in a way where you're being self-sufficient, where you're able to thrive and live as your best self. So yes, yeah, so just in case, you know, you know how folks like, you know, what do you mean you're at war? That I just gave you an example. That's one, that's one. Let me give you another one when it comes to the school system. Not just that example what, that I just gave you about the principal that shoved the student. We could just go straight to the curriculum. You can have the great school. You can have the, the, the teachers. You can have the teachers that are all Black. You can have majority Black teachers. But if you're talking about in terms of what our kids are learning, if they are not learning about history from the standpoint on a global standpoint, and not only that, not from this whitewashed type of uh, uh, stance or this whitewashed you know, mentality that the uh, school books are intentionally written from, that's a form of warfare. What is it doing? It's intentionally erasing you as a black person. It's intentionally erasing me as a black person. It's intentionally erasing the things that actually happened in history. Period. That's a form of warfare. So that you can believe in your mind that, oh my goodness, well, you know, I guess only white people done things that are great. Okay. So when you talk about uh, just like, what is it? The, the, the father of, of medicine, you know, Hippocrates for, for my doctors out there, when you have to take that Hippocratic oath, but then you look, you're like, wait a minute though. Like he was the one, the father of medicine, you know, what, what, what about, uh, you know, Imhotep, okay? You know, it's like when we, you know, are able to, uh, when we know our history, then we're able to come back and say, hey, look, no, you're not just going to tell us about these people that you want us to learn about, these people who hated black people. And in fact, these people who learn from black people, when you're talking about the Greeks, learning from the Egyptians, okay? And you go back and, and, and folks who've actually did the work and studied in terms of how the Greeks actually have written about how, yes, they learned from the Egyptians and stolen as well. But they also have given, they acknowledge the fact that they learned from the Egyptians. But again, what are we taught? Our kids are taught in school. They, they are flooding them with Greek mythology. They're going to make sure they learn about Greek mythology. Why are they doing that? One of the reasons why they do that is because we already know about the whole democracy 
aspect because you know they like to talk about that. Oh, yes, you know the the uh, uh, demos and the democracy and all of that. You know they try because that's what this place has modeled themselves off of Greek and Rome. Okay, all right, but they also want you to be in a state of make believe. They also want you to be in a state of fantasy because that's how the system of white supremacy works. This false notion of white supremacy, it works only if you are in a state of fantasy. If you are not in a real state, if you are not understanding what's going on around you, then you're gonna believe everything that they put in your face. And that's exactly what they do. Again, that's another example of warfare, all right? And so, you know, those are just a couple examples that, you know, I wanted to definitely uh, articulate uh, to you all so you all can understand, again, what we are up against. But guess what? We're built for this, okay? We are built for this. You know, we have the solutions. We have the tools. We just have to look inside. We have to believe that we have the tools, we have to believe that our existence is worthy. Allah, one God, created all of us. Everybody has unique talents and gifts. But as we know, as Black people, we have been told that we are not human. We have been told that we do not have souls. And that's how the colonization began. When folks came in and start saying, hey, we're going to civilize you. You all are savages. So we're coming to civilize you. Get rid of all of whatever it was that you were doing and how you were practicing or worshiping or whatever the case may be. We're going to tell you what you should be doing, who you should worship. And they made sure that who we should worship looks white looks like those who are in control. And I'm gonna say a perceived control because trust and believe, we understand who's really in control and that's Allah, one God, okay, period. And so when we understand that concept, when we understand that, that they're not in control and we worship the creator, not the creation, then we begin to elevate ourselves. And that's what I want to press upon us with this particular episode, elevation, getting rid of the colonized mindset. You know, as we uh, know, uh, you know, Queen Elizabeth II, of course, the whole world knows, you know, that she has moved on. She's passed, okay? And unfortunately, when you have a colonized mind, when you have a mind in which you don't even have just a little bit of consciousness, consciousness, you know, you'll have people saying things like the angels are crying. Yes. And I did read that someone said that, and this was a black person said the angels are crying because queen Elizabeth has died. And I'm sitting up here like, are you kidding me? Like, really? And you know, Again, in colonization, the main, the, the, the foundation of colonization is to erase your memory, is to disconnect you from the past. 
is to keep you always in a state of confusion and chaos so that you cannot connect the dots. Because when a person says that, and especially a black person, and you thinking about, I mean, even just on a small, you don't even have to be scholarly to understand remotely in terms of, you're talking about the queen of England, you're talking about England, those who were involved in uh, slavery. Is that one of the reasons why we speak in English? I don't know, y'all tell me, cause uh, <laughs> you know, last I checked, you know, our ancestors, you know, back in Africa, they weren't speaking English, right? You know, you had, you know, people speaking many different languages, you know what I'm saying? And, and English wasn't one of them. And why is English this language that is spoken pretty much globally, right? Well, that's done through colonization. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a thing where it was like, oh yeah, we're trading with the people and you're learning. Our no, it was, no, this is what you're going to do. This is oppression. This is some bully stuff, okay? And the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth II, Lizzie, to some folks, to some folks like, okay, anyway, if you ain't talking about, people been talking about Queen Latifah or whoever, your Queen and Zynga, whoever you want. If, we, if you ain't talking about them, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, what you talking about, okay? Like, she ain't my, I don't care, all right? And rightfully so because of the fact she's a part of a regime that was a part and still is a part, not was, still is a part of oppression. Just like I like how this one educator, when he was giving a talk to some students that I was uh, subbing at a school and he had, to, he, and he told uh, these, these middle school kids, he was like, hey, listen, do you understand, you know, what England has done, a lot of how they've stolen, a lot, you go to their museums, that people talk about in terms of the diamond that she had, that's a stolen, okay? These are things in which they are a part of. Thievery and oppression, rape, slaughter, brutality, period. So for you to even part your lips, to even try to make it seem like, you know, oh my gosh, man, the, the, the world, you know, the angels are crying and the world is just, oh my goodness, man. Everybody's just sullen and, and, and so sad and somber. Who, who are you talking about? But again, that's what colonization does. Coloniz colonization actually keeps you from remembering. It's about the discontinuance, okay? It's about you being disconnected from your past. Always remember, our present is the past. Just like when you go to the doctor's office and something is wrong with you, what is one of the first things that they do? They ask you about your history. Okay, do you have a history of this? You know what I'm saying? Going on in your family, do you have a history of diabetes, heart attack, uh, asthma, all these different things. You have a history of whatever. Why are they doing that? They're, are they doing that just because? No, they're doing that because they are trying to see, okay, this may be a pattern this is something that could be happening, you know, from uh, in their family. And this could be why they're experiencing this. This could be why this is going on inside of their bodies. Now, we understand that when the doctors do that, but how come when it comes to uh, things in terms of history, in terms of us learning, you know, the different things in terms of our struggle, our experiences, how come we can't apply that same thing? 
That's what we should be doing. And this is why, again, my podcast, Real Reading Talk, is needed. Because I want to be here, number one, to help support us in getting that aspect of literacy high back on our value ladder as Black people. That's where we come from. We come from a history of people who love and always have loved to learn, to study, and also being conscious, being proud of who we are, being proud of our skin color, being proud of our hair texture, broad noses, thick lips, and how we are, how our swag, all of that, that's a part of our African roots that we should be proud about. And so this is why I want to uh, make sure that I'm always uh, you know, saying this in the podcast, period. And you have to be unapologetic about saying it as well. You can't be scared, y'all. You can't be scared. These people, they will sit up there and have you in a schism. They'll make you think that the things that they're teaching our children They'll make you believe that when you go places in terms of whoever's running the particular business that, oh, all of these people that, yeah, they're supposed to be white. Yeah, because, see, you know, they passed the test and see, they have the knowledge and they, you know, they were able to go through that rigorous study and that's how they're able to make it. You know, you guys, you know, you, you, you know, you still, you have some work to do, you know, so that's why you all have the quote unquote lower levels. I really don't like saying that because I give much respect and props to our janitors, to our secretaries, our folks, our people who are helping to keep stuff clean, okay? Because trust and believe, people who are doing that, it takes a whole lot of, not just skill, but just that, that grit to be able to, you know, to handle those types of jobs, especially when you have jobs where you're doing those kind of jobs and you got white folks above you trying to sit up there and belittle you. That takes, that takes a lot of determination, a, a lot of grit, all right, to be able to, uh, endurance to be able to withstand that. But however, but you all understand what I'm saying, right? It's this whole notion of those thinking positions, you know, those positions where you have to problem solve and be strategic, you know, that's usually reserved for white folks, okay? You know, those other jobs, you know, it, it don't take much, much thinking to do. Okay, so that's why the black folks, y'all got them, those type of low level jobs, all right? But again, these are things that we see, okay? When, and, and those are happen to be the jobs that they'll have that you make the big bucks as well. They're, those are the jobs that are reserved for the CEOs of the companies. Even when you go into the schools and you go into those board meetings. I remember when my kids were in a particular charter school and I remember going to the board meeting, see a white folk sea of white folk. Now here it is though, the school predominantly black. Now the secretary is black. Again, the janitor is black. Okay. Even the deans are black, right? You know, you got to, got to have the, the deans, you know what I mean? Especially them black men got to, got to keep them in line. But when it comes to the curriculum, when it comes to the board meetings, all right. And even with the teachers, you're still going to see predominantly white in those spaces, okay? All of that is done on purpose. And so when we understand that and what kind of system that we are in, then we can operate accordingly. Again, like I talked about, operate in a space of reality instead of make-believe. Because the whole aspect of how white supremacy works 
They want you to buy into, because that's what we're buying into. Remember, we bought into the fact that they are superior. All right. Even if it's subconscious, we bought into that fact. Oh, they must know more. Okay. We have to defer to that white person in the meeting because see, they must know more. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Those, those of you who go to those meetings and, you know, you had that, them, them white folks, you know, they'll get to talking and it's like, you know, folks act like everything got to be quiet. You know what I'm saying? You know, they, they know what they're talking about. Okay. They know more about our community than we do. They got to come in and they got to fix up everything. All right. And so these are the things in which we have to make sure that we are speaking out against and we have to make sure that we're doing it unapologetically. Standing on our square, 10 toes down, we have to make sure we're doing that. And as I'm telling you and reminding you, I'm reminding myself first, because yes, that can get hard. And especially if you, it's only one of you and you're trying to do that, oh, that can get extremely hard. But that's why we need a support system. And that's another reason why, again, that I have real reading talk because I want this to be a support system. I want you to be able to listen to these episodes, whether I'm speaking or whether I have guests on and everybody we're having these conversations, I want you all to be inspired. I want you all to be empowered so that when you do go into these spaces where there is a predominantly white space where you don't have to cower down, you know what I mean? You don't have to start feeling like, okay, I can't really say this or da, 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 you know, we got it. We have to start building up more of the courage. And a part of how that courage happens is that when you know, we have to be in that mindset of always trying to read and study. And especially when it comes to our history. And in addition, not just saying our history in terms of just about black people, we need to read about all history. All right, we need to read about all this because you have to understand just like that one book, I haven't read it yet and I need to, to read it, The Art of War. Uh, that's a, a popular book that a lot of people reference. All right, and I would highly recommend you all get it. I know that I started listening to it on, on audio but I haven't finished a listen. So I got like the first chapter or something like that. But one of the things though that is referenced a lot is that you have to know your enemy. You have to know your enemy. So when somebody's trying to attack you, you got to know what angles they're coming from. You have to understand, okay, okay, so they, I see how they usually do. They like to usually go to the right, you know what I'm saying? So I got to make sure I have my counter right there, or, you know, they usually like to go, you know what I'm saying, go low, whatever. You understand what I'm saying? So we have to be in that mindset. So you have to learn your enemy. So you have to, just like Malcolm X said, all right, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, just like he said you know, read everything you get your hands on. Okay. For real. This is real reading talk. Anything you can read, you know what I'm saying? You can get your hands on or whatever, go ahead and read it. So you can just be up on the knowledge. You can be up on what's going on, period. All right. But of course, I'm always going to say, we definitely have to make sure that we are reading those history books in particular that talks about Black people, Black culture, Black experiences, and not just here in America, across the globe. Because this whole system of attack is global. It's not just Black people being attacked here. We're talking about Black people, anti-Blackness globally. All right? So we have to understand that. And so one of the things in which I wanted to, uh, wanted you all to write down. All right? So this is something that um, I've been thinking about in terms of, especially too, with our babies just, you know, starting back in school, they've been in school for a lot of our kids been in school for about a month now, or maybe a couple weeks or so, whatever the case may be. 
So what I need for us to really pay attention to is um, preparing our babies to make sure that they are starting their day off in the best way possible, okay? So the first thing that I want you to write down is in the morning, when your children get up, making sure that they are saying or they are hearing things that are positive, all right? So for example, if when your children wake up in the morning, some, some of you may have a routine. I know for I could just, I'll go with my house, for example. Uh, we have to make an early morning prayer, okay? And, um, and for those of you who don't know, in the uh, Muslim community and the Islamic faith, we pray five times a day. And one of our prayers that we make is before sunrise, all right? So that prayer is called uh, the Fajr prayer, okay? So that's the prayer before the sun rises. And so this is a prayer that I make sure I'm going in my children's room and telling them to get up. Now, real talk, you know, they don't always get up all the time, okay? Because this, you know, because again, this is the prayer that happens before the sunrise, okay? So that means that it's still dark, it's still, and it could be early depending on what time of year it is, okay? Because sometimes they will have to get up at 4.30 in the morning, all right? But I'm saying that, you know what I'm saying? I'm just giving an example again, like I said, of my house. And, but one, but the thing that I say when I go in their room is, um, and I'm going to say this uh, um, in, in Arabic. So I say, Alhamdulillah, so I say, oh, Allah, who has uh, given us life after giving us death, it starts off with all praise is due to Allah, praise is due to God, who's given us life after giving us death, and unto him you shall return. All right. So that's the first thing that they hear in the morning. All right. Again, this is something that I'm putting in their ears. All right. Even though they may not be totally conscious, but the point I'm making is that I'm starting them off again with understanding who we worship, period. Now, you all may have something else in terms of how you start off. But the point I'm making is that you have to start off with something that's positive. You have to start off with something that, that is going to be uplifting, something that's going to remind them that yes, they are, their existence matters. Their existence is valuable. And the only one that they should be fearing is one God, period. Not no white man, no white woman, not no system. That's what we have to start putting in their consciousness and in their subconscious. Also, if you choose, you may say, you know what? After I get up, you know, and praise God, then after that, you can tell your children to say, you know, give them different quotes by Black people, okay? Have them uh, write down different quotes, have them say different quotes in the morning, especially if you have your child getting ready to go off to school before they go to school, have them say things to themselves like, I love myself. I love my skin color. I love my hair texture. Thank God for making me the way that he did. Thank God for my brain. Thank God for my family. You know, when you're doing that, when you're doing, when they're doing those things to where they're reminding themselves of their valuable ex existence, 
Now you are building up their armor. Now you are building up their courage. You're building up their heart. You're building up their minds. You're keeping them in a state of being focused and also a state of appreciating how they are made and not feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm not worthy. You know, even though they may not say those words, but that's how some of our children act. You can't start your children off with hearing all kind of negative music. I, I trust and believe there's been times where around six in the morning, you can, you know, you hear folks, you know, in, in the neighborhood, folks are getting ready to go to work or getting their kids off to school. And all you hear is, ah, oh, itches, you know what I'm saying, them hoes, them men, them. and I'm sitting up here like, and then you about to send that back to the classroom? Dag, man, dag. And we wonder why we dealing with a lot of the issues that we dealing with. We wonder why we having these issues where you had that kid, that one kid, Javante, sorry if a Javante is listening to the, to, the, to the podcast, but that's the first name that came to my mind. You got Javante, he coming to the classroom and he ready to fight. He ready to fight the class. He ready to fight the teachers, the principal. He don't care. He about to just go off. And, but then people want to sit up there and, and, and basically, you know, you want to put Javante in detention or you want to suspend him and all that. But we got to go to the root of why Javante coming in, in the classroom and want to fight everybody. Why is that? And one of the reasons is just like I said, again, if we're not starting our children off with self-affirmations, starting them off with, you know, with that, that mindset, that consciousness of, hey, look, I have a valuable existence. I am worthy. Okay. I have greatness. God gave it to me. I'm going to praise him and I'm going to show my greatness. I'm not going to waste my gifts on ignorance. When we put that into our children, then that is what's going to help them have a healthy start. So when they do go into that classroom, at least it lessens the chance of them, you know, acting out. Okay. That's going to lessen the chance significantly. They're not going to want to go to class time. They want to fight it because they look like they understand that. Hey, look, if I'm acting all crazy and doing all that and I'm going to stay in a fight. And next thing you know, you know, it's, it's going to create enemies. It's a whole just domino effect of how, you know, things can get started. So that's the first thing. So that's number one. Number two, making sure that you have a journal for your children. Okay. Journaling is something that we need to start early. I am living right now in a district. I just found out that they have the lowest, they had the lowest scores when it comes to writing on these tests in the state. You hear me? The lowest when it comes to writing. Why is that? Well, I'm quite sure a lot of it could have to do with this whole technology piece, right? You know what I'm saying? A lot of our, our, our folks, you know, folks, you know, are on the phones, they're texting or typing or whatever the case may be. But even still though, even still, writing actually starts with what? It starts with a thought, right? And so if our children are not encouraged to think, encouraged to read, which is like the sister to writing, okay? If they're not encouraged to be able to do things that's going to help create great memories so they can have thoughts that they, they're able to put down on paper, then guess what? They're not even gonna be able to have any ideas of what to write about. 
And that's why it's important, again, about creating that space, that culture of creating great memories. This is why we have to expose our children to many different experiences. They have to be able to think globally, even if they're not able to travel yet internationally, get your passports for yourself and your children, get your passports, please, okay? Because our children need to understand, they have to start thinking outside of this place here. They have to start thinking outside of America, period. But again, if we are doing something simple, getting them journals, having them write down their thoughts, it, does, it doesn't have to be grammatically correct. That'll come with time. The more trust and believe. And I like how the one man who said this, uh, Jim Trelease, he's the author of this book called The Read Aloud Handbook. And he talks about how read uh, grammar is more caught than taught. All right. So basically, in a nutshell, a lot of times in, in terms of grammar, you know, they're able to catch in terms of how to start writing things or how to even speak rather because the speaking actually is going to come first, how to say things in the correct way. All right. Because they are hearing how other people around them are speaking. So they're able to start catching how to say those words in the correct way, how to enunciate, okay? How to make sure when you are talking, you are pausing and you're not keep going on and on and on. And that's gonna translate into their writing. So when they start writing, they understand, oh, okay. Oh, so I, I have to put a period here. So I can't keep making this sentence go on and on like a run on sentence, right? All right. So these are things, again, you know, when you start off with small things, getting them a cute, get them, get them a cute little journal. Let them go pick out the journal and have them start writing down their feelings, their thoughts, because you can trust and believe. I know they got some thoughts. They got some things they want to get off their chest, especially if you got your children in these schools. I don't care if it's a predominantly black school or if you got your child in a predominantly white school because you feel like, you know, I got to have them out, you know, where the white folks are and the, and the immigrants are because, you know, this is where everybody got the high test score. So I got to have them there. But then your child is coming home and they, they self-esteem is low because they like, man, you know, I, I don't feel included. They excluded me. All right. Also, every time I look up a, a new paper we got to write is talking about somebody white. Nobody is talking about anybody um, in, in the African community, whether it's here or in the African diaspora globally, I know nothing about my history, but yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting, you know, in close proximity to these white folks, you know, with all these resources. So, you know, I, I guess I'm doing something. Be careful of that. Okay. I ain't going to go too deep into that because I'll be digressing, but just remember black people, be careful of that before you so quick to sign your child up for those private schools that you get so, you know, uh, you know, starry eyed about, oh, wow. Yeah. They got accepted to here, there. And then you go into the school and then you see all the clicks. You see the folks, you know what I'm saying? That they see the kids who get treated a certain kind of way because their parents were able to, you know, give a hefty donation to the school. So some kind of way that child, they always, they're always leading this or, you know, they don't never get in trouble for that. You know, that type of stuff happens. Okay. So just, you know, just want to put that in your ear. So, but yes, yeah, so back to what I was saying in terms of things in which, again, what we can do, 
you know, in our homes to make sure that number one, we are getting rid of that colonization and we are building up our children. And we're also, again, we are helping to build those foundational skills that are needed when it comes to reading and helping them to understand that reading is liberation. Reading is freedom. All right. Reading is not something you need to run away from. You need to be scared of. So starting off with different things like this, this is gearing their minds, you're prepping their minds to be able to be conscious. Again, being conscious is the opposite of make believe, okay? Being conscious of your reality. Consciousness means that what? You are aware of what's going on around you and you don't create these alternate realities. And that's what this, this uh, system, they want you to do. That's why they, that's why they put a lot of money, y'all into the whole Disney and the fantasy and all. They do that on purpose because they don't want you, they want you, oh yes, you know, yeah, wishing upon a star. Ah, oh, makes no difference who you are unless you're black. Ooh. Yeah. See, I said, we, we, you know, we gotta, gotta keep it real. We gotta keep it real. Okay. So the first thing I said, self-affirmations, right? And again, I gave you an example of what I, how I do in my house. And I also, in addition to what I told you all before and start in terms of starting off with prayer, I'm also giving my children, I give them quotes. I send them, you know, different uh, positive uh, little small prayers and different things like that, that helps to build their spirit, helps to build their faith. Okay, so that's the self-affirmation. Again, that's you affirming who you are, that you appreciating your existence, that you giving honor to the creation, excuse me, honor to the creator who made you a, a great creation, all right? And then I also talked about journaling, okay? That's key, okay? Also, when it comes to foods, okay? Making sure that you are giving your children something healthy to start off with. Blueberries is great. I'm a blue, my kids and I really big blueberries fans. You know, I am because I when I read about how blueberries, they help to give you a great mood. So I really, I said, oh, wow. I'm like, man, I'm about to start really pumping up these blueberries. All right. Almonds. Almonds is great for the brain. I had learned this some years ago and somebody was, you know, giving a lecture talking about that. And they were saying, yes, almonds is something that's great to strengthen your memory. Okay. And, and even if your children, maybe, maybe you have nut allergies or something like that. There are other things in which you can eat that's going to help strengthen your children's brains because you want to start them off really good. Cause you know, we already live in this high sugar, uh, you know, uh, place anyway. And uh, yes, I'm addicted to sugar. Yes. I'm, I'm a professed addict. Yes. Okay. Sugar is in pretty much everything, but there are ways in which we can actually learn to try to at least curb that some, especially when it comes to the start of our day, making sure your children start off their day with drinking some water. Okay, getting their systems flushed. These things we have to intentionally be doing so that we can actually get our children in the mindset of always being ready so they don't have to get ready. Y'all know the saying, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Okay, and uh, last thing. So number four, decompressing. So now our children are back home 
Now they uh, have left the school. Now they're back home and they got to get settled. They have to get ready to do their homework and get ready to eat dinner and get ready for the next day. So now what we can do, and I have to do this with my children as well. Okay. So I'm not acting like, you know, I'm over here and, and my kids aren't trying to run for those devices, run for them phones, run for them laptops. Yes. I have kids like that. Okay. But what I do before they go to bed is I'm reading a book to them or reading some pages from a book to them. All right. That's a way to get them decompressed. That's a way to get them calm. That's the way to get their minds geared, shifted towards a rest full night. Also, you can do things like implementing meditation. This is something actually, this is new for, for me, what I started trying to implement with my children, doing a couple nights a week of meditation, lighting a couple of candles in my room, and they all sit on the bed. And we 15 minutes, I set the timer, I put on, I put go to YouTube and I found the, you know, how you have the rain listen to the rain uh, drops or, you know, the rain or whatever, or thunder, however, you know what I'm saying? You want to listen to something that's soothing, have that on, set my timer. And then we just sit in silence. All right. Teaching them to be introspective. And that's what the whole decompressing, right? Because you have to get rid of all that stuff that we went out and, you know, you went out into the world, you had to go to work, you had to do your business, you had to go to school, whatever it is. You got to now go back to centering yourself. And so these are practices that, again, I try to implement, all right? I'm not always doing things, you know, again, I'm not doing things all the time, but I try to implement it most times. And especially, like I said, starting off your day. And, and again, starting off your day, all of these things, especially. But again, with the whole aspect of building that foundation, making sure that we are getting our minds geared in the right way in the beginning, that's going to set it off. And that's what's going to set the tone for the rest of the day. And it's going to make it a lot easier for you to transition when it comes into decompressing. You're going to want to be able to teach your children to be introspective so that they don't always think that it's the world against them. No, you have to think about what are you bringing to the table? All right. What gifts, what talents, what are you bringing? How can you be better? What did you do throughout the day that you realize, you know what, I, I should have said that, you know, I could have said that in, in a way that was a little more nicer, or I should have spoke up. Dang, man, I should have advocated for myself. I should have, you know, when, when that person said this, I could have said that. So that's a part, again, of the decompressing and makes you be introspective and it makes you be centered. All right, so that's what I have. Uh, for you all uh, today. I hope that was helpful. I know sometimes I kind of, you know, went off in this little tangent here and tangent there, but it all is connected, okay? Because again, you all know the reason why I made this podcast is because I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Tired of seeing these low levels of literacy. I'm tired of seeing our babies struggling. They're eight, nine years old and they're barely reading sight words. They're bar barely reading words like because, or any, you know, they, they're looking at these, it's like, no, uh-uh, no, that, that has to stop. We don't, we don't come from that. We come from greatness, period. 
And I want us to be a community in which we are getting back to talking to each other. We are getting back. Our elders are being connected to the young people instead of being scared of the young people or always shaking their head at the young people. We got to get rid of that. They don't need to always see, you know, us sitting up here condemning them or humiliating them or always trying to make them feel like they ain't nothing. They ain't got nothing to offer. And we talking about that's our way of building them up. Well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got to dog them out. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, they got to understand this world is tough. Freeze. Okay. No, we don't have to do that. No, it's actually just like um, uh, our dear brother, uh, our ancestor, Frederick Douglass said, it is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. We have to build them on a foundation of strength. And that means putting in them goodness, love, compassion, mercy. These are all aspects of humanity now, okay? And this is how we were made. We were made to have compassion, mercy. We were made to talk to each other in a way where we are uplifting each other. Don't buy into that white supremacist notion that we ain't human, we ain't nothing, and we supposed to be dogged out. Because that comes from that whole colonized thinking. See, when you're colonized and when you oppress, you know, you got to beat them. You got to destroy them. Okay? And so we got to get rid of that because what happened is we actually adopted that, that generational curse. And then we started raising our children like that. Yes, yeah, so you got to dog them out. You dig? You got to go off. And when you do that, you go off and you know what I'm saying? And, you know, that's what's going to make them strong. It's like, no, no, and trust. And now I can attest to that. That, that doesn't. You actually break in their spirit. That's what you're doing. You're breaking their spirit. They're either going to turn out to be timid and afraid to do stuff, or they're going to grow up thinking that, you know, that's how they're supposed to deal with the world. So now, again, you got the Javante or you got Shakisha coming in the classroom. What? 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 My, my mama was just fighting last night. What? Oh, my God. I'm about to go off. Like, really? You're, you're, you're freaking six. Like, seriously, are you, what, what you going, what, why are you going off like that? What's wrong with you, girl? And she can fight. That's the sad part. So you got her in the class, you got Javante on the other side, and then you got the other kids who some like them and then some not. And so then you got this whole just sickness, this toxic stew that brews in our classrooms. And then we wonder why it is a struggle for the teachers to be able to get information disseminated. And then to top it off, you have that disconnected teacher, disengaged teacher, where you got the curriculum that just absolutely sucks and got one blip of, of education about anything about black folks being empowered, inventing, being doctors, mathematicians. You ain't gonna see that. So all of that's going on in the classroom, but I'm going to digress because I said I was going to end because I'm about to now turn it into part duh <laughs> of this episode. So I'm about to stop it right now. So with all that being said, I thank you all for listening. I thank you all for joining me once again. This is episode 36, season two of Real Reading Talk. I thank you for rocking with me. Please make sure that you share this episode and share them all. All right. Leave me feedback when I upload it to YouTube. Please tell me what things that I need that, that you think that I would should improve upon or some different show ideas 
uh, different types of guests. I welcome all the feedback. Just because you give me feedback doesn't mean that I'm going to use it all, but I welcome it because I want to see what you all think. I want to know what's on, what's on your minds, okay? So thank you all. And let me, uh, oh, you know what? I'm going to save that for my outro, actually. Uh, the quote, I have an awesome quote from Mr. Paul Robeson that I'm going to share in the outro. So my name is Masasha. This has been episode 36 of Real Reading Talk, season two. Thank you for listening. Peace. All right. Just like I said, y'all, I like to do what I say I'm going to do. All right. And I hope that I did that for you all. I hope that uh, the different uh examples or different things rather or tools that I gave you all share with you all um, is some tools that you all can utilize uh, daily that's going to help prepare you and prepare our children uh, to have a decolonized mindset okay so that's what we are on a mission to do all right we got to decolonize our thinkings our thinking okay and let me do a little housekeeping all right so uh, for those of you who've been listening all the time, you know that I'm definitely going to tell you about me being a pre-K through fourth grade reading tutor and a certified dyslexia tutor as well. So if your child is struggling with issues when it comes to those basic foundational skills in reading, all right, so you're talking about the spelling, you're talking about reading with fluency, you're talking about basic writing skills. Uh, these are things in which I can help your child overcome, all right? So please go to my website, abclearntutoring.com. That is abclearntutoring.com. Sign your child up today for the free reading assessment, all right? I am an ACE provider. For those of you who are in Ohio, I'm an ACE provider. Also, I'm a Learning Ohio provider as well. So if you qualify for those programs, yes, you can be able to get scholarships that can pay for my, re for my tutoring sessions. Also, I am the founder and executive director of ABC Read. Our mission is to develop and nurture a culture of literacy in Black and underserved communities please go to our website because we are doing phenomenal things. We are showing up at different events with books in hand, okay? Just like the books that I tell you all about on my podcast. These are books that I make sure that I'm giving to the community, all right? We also give away healthy foods, just like I talked about in the episode, right? We understand the importance of that, having those healthy foods on deck, all right? We trying to, we really trying to, you know, change our mindset. So we have to make sure that we are, you know, putting more healthy things in our bodies, okay? I'm not no, definitely no nutritionist, so I ain't going there. But you understand what I'm saying. I'm trying to do little by little, trying to help our people in all ways possible when it comes to us understanding the empowerment mindset that we have to have. And of course, uh, make sure that you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Reading is Freedom. There is a multitude of read-alouds that I have on there that my children have read. So if you all are looking for that book um, and you're trying to struggle, like what book should I read? I don't know. Go to my YouTube channel, Reading is Freedom, and you got a whole gamut, you know what I'm saying, a plethora of books to choose from, okay? And... Last but not least, I want to leave you all with this quote from Mr. Paul Robeson, all right? He was the uh, activist. Um, he was an actor um, as well. And I want to leave you all with this quote. He spoke out heavily against 
oppression and racism when it came, you know, when it comes to uh, black folks. And he said this, the answer to injustice is not to silence the critic, but to end the injustice. Let's sit on that one. All right, you all, thank you all again for listening to another episode of Real Rudy Talk. I am your host, Ms. Sasha, and this has been episode 36, season two, and make sure that you please keep reading for at least 30 minutes a day. Thank you for listening.